Welcome to the GATA Podcast. I'm Robert Reynolds. Boy, what a show we've got ready to go. Going to talk about the 2021 recruiting class. Going to talk about its impact on the team. Expectations for most of these guys. Going to discuss, you know, who starts early. Who, you know, who can make an impact this year. What should we expect for guys that might not make an impact this year. Where are they going to fall in regards to the team. Also going to talk about the 2021 season in itself. Talk about the expectations for Georgia football this year. Obviously with most of our offense returning back. Uh, going to talk about some questions along the team uh, and discuss why that's concern. Also going to talk about the 2022 recruiting class uh, with a couple recent commits. Going to talk about their impact for the class and maybe talk about some projections that now that these guys are in the fold, who might come and commit to the G. On this episode of the GATA podcast, sponsored by Anchor, starts right now. The 2021 cycle is coming and gone, all but a few scraggles left, and you're looking at Georgia with a top three class on the 24-7 composite, 20 commits at a 294 score, 16 of which are early enrollees, which is by far the most that Kirby Smart's ever had in his time here at Georgia. Uh, you know, you finished third behind Bama and Ohio State, uh, Bama having arguably the the highest ranked class ever. Uh, not going to say that it's the best on you know on the field. Obviously, that's to be determined. I still think the 2016 class is probably going to go down as Bama's best ever. Uh, and and Ohio State with 21 commits at a, over 300 score as well. So, you know, you t- you take the 2021 class and obviously it's an elite class for Georgia. Um, you know, you have some big gets uh, that we got in this class. You know, you look no further. Then, you know, Brock Vandegrift and Mims, but also some big misses, obviously, at the end on traditional signing day with Terry and Arnold. That's the probably the big, big miss. Um, but what I'm going to do here, though, is is take and kind of give you, you know, a, a position grade uh, according to myself um, for each of the, you know, for each position and um, go from there. You know, I think, you know, kind of see where we stand uh, in regards to the recruits that we brought in. So let's go ahead and get started. I think with the quarterback position, I gave it an A. Um, I, I think obviously it's an A because you picked up Brock Vandegrift. Uh, no question about it. He was his, his impact in the recruiting, especially with COVID. I, I think you have to look at that as a huge impact there uh, to help fill out this class. There's no question about it. Um, obviously, you know he was a uh, Oklahoma commit. At one point, so fortunately, we were able to get him to switch and come uh, to Georgia. You know, at one point, I think it was down to, you know, when Brock was committed to Oklahoma. I think you, you know, as as me, at least I uh, was thinking that maybe we pick up Caleb Williams, um, and and that was a possibility. However, you know, you you start to see, you know, when Brock changed, you know, and he decommitted from Oklahoma. I think the writing was on the wall that he was coming to Georgia. I. I know people sometimes decommit and then recommit, um, but once he decommitted, you know, I, I, for me, I felt that he was going to come to Georgia, and it couldn't have worked out any better for Georgia's class this year. Um, 
you know, Brock living in uh, Athens or Bogart 15 minutes away. I think that's huge uh, considering, you know, there was really a dead period that, you know, still going on. Uh, so, you know, no real interaction face-to-face with these coaches and commits. Uh, you know, kids coming on their own dime. And, you know, you have Brock Vandergriff literally in Athens in the backyard um, taking these kids on unofficial tours by himself, uh, getting to know Athens, you know, with Brock. So the position grade for quarterback, A, completely A. Uh, could have been A+. Plus. I just wanted to be fair and give it an A. Um, but nonetheless... You know, great, great pickup with Brock Vandegrift. Uh, moving on to halfback position, I gave it a B. Um, obviously, the lone commit here is uh, Lavoisier Carroll. Great, uh, film looked great, in my opinion. Really fast and uh, good moves. Um, you know, obviously, I think we missed on uh, a better running back in Donovan Edwards going to Michigan. But that's okay. Um you know, I don't necessarily know if we truly needed a running back uh, in this class. Uh, you know, and you look at the you look at the running back class or the running back uh, position right now at Georgia, and it is absolutely stacked, absolutely stacked. Uh, you know, Zeus, James Cook, both deciding to come back, uh, run it back for this year. It only makes Georgia's you know running back room that much more crowded. Um, you know, if, if now that you have them two back, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Kirby Smart and, and Todd Munkin give these guys the ball. Um, the expansion of the receiving core and, you know, the passing game for Georgia's offense uh, really poses, a, a I guess you could say, a conundrum for how you're going to get the ball and who you're going to give it to in the running back room. You know, I, I think you have to get, in my opinion, you have to give Kendall Milton an expended role. You have to give him an expanded role. There's no question about it. In my opinion, our, the best back we had when he was healthy. Um, he has that mix of power and speed. Uh, I think he could use a little bit extra work and receiving, but as the season went on, you could see that he had, he got better there. I think he's only going to get better moving forward. Um, you know how Kirby's going to handle that with obviously with Zeus and James Cook is to be determined. But, um, you know, Lavoisier, where does Lavoisier fit into this class, um, you know, into the running back room? How are you going to get him on the field? Uh, that's the biggest question there. I gave it a B. You know, obviously, if you get Donovan Edwards or Kamar Wheaton or something like that, even though we weren't necessarily in uh, the running with Kamar, but obviously we were with Donovan Edwards. Uh, so I left it with a B. Uh, wide receiver, I left it at a B-. minus. Um, you look at, you know, you look at who we got uh, – with uh, Jackson Meeks and Adonai Mitchell. Uh, 24-7 composite, both three stars. Do not, and I mean do not, underestimate these guys. If you've watched their film, you will see that they're clearly not a three-star talent, in my opinion. They're not. Uh, and a lot of this, you know, this year, uh, the 2021 cycle, a lot of these kids are under underrated in regards to the star system. So this year is not necessarily the best class to look at when it comes to stars. Don't get it twisted there by any means. These, you know, the Jackson Meeks looked great. Donnie Mitchell, great in, in my in their film. I loved it. I, I do. I loved it, which is why I gave it a B minus. We missed out on too many receivers. Um, you know, you look at Mario Williams was one that went to Oklahoma. You know, just one example there. You know, there was there were better receivers there. 
Um, you know, and even missing out on Jimmy Horn late in the end. Uh, you know, kind of out of the blue, popped up, uh, goes to South Florida. Uh, so we missed on several guys, but, and, and honestly, looking at it, that's okay. Uh, in regards to this year, uh, the, the, run, the wide receiving core at Georgia right now is absolutely stacked. Probably the deepest you'll ever, you know, I've ever seen uh, from top to bottom what we've got. Um, that's just what I'm seeing right now. Obviously, you got Pickens, you have Burton. Burton stood out in a really good way. Aaron Smith is Cole 2.0, and if not, a little bit faster. Um, you know, Marcus Roseme coming off of injury next year will be an added addition there, That you know, another threat. And, and please don't forget Dominic Blaylock because he can make an impact as well. You saw what happens when he's healthy. So our receiving core is absolutely loaded, if not probably deeper than our running back room. So obviously we didn't need to necessarily get receivers. We did get them. However, I think it's always good to get receivers in that regard. Um, don't sleep on the stars. Like I said, just because Adani Mitchell and uh, Jackson Meeks are three stars, don't let that fool you. These kids have talent. So I gave it a B minus. Moving on to tight end, B plus. Uh, Brock Bowers, he's got that. He's got the athleticism that we, you know. He's for some reason I just feel like his his vertical. I think he's got a forty plus vertical. 40-inch vertical, if not around there, something like that. But then you look at his athleticism and everything like that. He literally has everything that you know that, that Darnell doesn't necessarily. He doesn't have that size that Darnell carries and possesses, but he's got the athleticism. We'll see what happens with blocking. I think he's more of a pass-catching tight end. Uh, obviously, I think you'll see you know Todd Hartley work him in to get more block, get better at blocking. Uh, so I give it a B plus. I think you you know that was a that was an excellent pickup for what it was. Todd Hartley got a shot, hit it. Uh, obviously, Brock Bowers top hundred or top hundred and twenty five talent. He's he's going to make an impact. Um, I don't know if it's this year. He will make an impact while he's at Georgia. Moving on to the O line, I gave this an A plus. Only position group that I gave an A plus. Look no further than Amarius Mims. Amarius Mims, monster of a human being. Monster of a human being. I think he could use a little bit of weight room work. But other than that, I think he has the potential to literally start at a tackle position day one. If he works out, if he if he has the work work ethic in, he starts day one. Um, maybe do I say he starts possibly? I think you look at him and Broderick Jones, that is going to be a war when it comes to that one of those that last tackle spot. Uh, and really, all offseason, I think you're going to see across the offensive line, definitely going to see wars across the whole front five. I, I think that's just the way it's going to be. So, you know, you get him, you get Michael Morris, uh, Dylan Fairchild, very underrated in my opinion. Top 100 talent, he will make an impact. The kid is an animal. Kid is an animal. And then even at the very, I think you look toward the bottom, and you still got Jared Wilson from Clemens, North Carolina. Kid is a mauler. Kid's a mauler. Uh, not enrolled yet. However, uh, the reason being for that is because he's got his season starting up here in North Carolina in a couple weeks. Get all across the board, I think you reloaded on the offensive line, guard, tack, guard and tackle spots. It, it, you're just... Matt Luke is just reloading on that offensive line. The talent in the offensive line room is absolutely stacked from top to bottom. Gave it an A+. D-line, I gave it a B. 
you have the notorious TID, which I think could make an impact very early. In my opinion, he has an elite first step off the ball. Uh, watching his film, breaking up plays, ruining plays by himself. By him, he just he has that he has that twitch and, and speed off the ball that's going to cause problems for most every offensive line that we play. Uh, that's just the way that's going to be. And don't sleep on Marlon Dean, kid from IMG. Kid will be great. I think he, maybe not in year one, just because of the depth that we have along the defensive line. Devonte Jordan Davis coming back uh, causes that you know causes that little cluster there. But that is I, I will gladly take that cluster if you have Jordan Davis coming back with Devontae Wyatt. No questions asked. Gave it a B. Linebacker, I gave it an A. You, there, there's a couple misses there uh, with Barrett Carter, Dallas Turner, but really you look at the, you hit that class and you have four running, uh, four linebackers. You have obviously the two five stars, Smile Mondin, Xavier Sori. Excellent, excellent pickups, period. No questions asked. Those guys were must-haves, and we picked them up. So those two right there solidified the linebacker room. However, you also have JDJ, Jonathan Dumas Johnson, and Chaz Chambers. JDJ, I think, is probably the most ready to go out of all four. Uh, he, he just fits. He played in a system that resembles Georgia's. So I think... He might be more ready, but who's to say who starts there? Don't know. I think all of these guys will make an impact. Uh, with the question mark kind of being Chas Chambers, where how does he get on the field? Uh, kid is a workout monster, absolute monster. He lives and breathes the weight room. You won't find a kid that works harder than this kid. He's already probably the the, the hardest working kid on the team as a true freshman. Linebacker group gave it a solid A. Could have been better, like I said, with the big misses being Barrett Carter and Dallas Turner. You pick up any one of those, I think it automatically becomes an A+. And in the deep, in the defensive backs, I gave it a solid B. Uh, and you look no further than the big miss right here, and I think this is what really brought it down into the B range. You have two huge names that we could have picked up. You know, Terry and Arnold being the main one here on, you know, the traditional signing day, spurning us for Alabama. And James Williams staying home and committing to the U. Uh, you know, and, and looking at the safety position, James Williams was huge if he would have come to if he would have committed to Georgia, it would have been an absolute massive pickup for Georgia in the in the defensive back room. No questions asked. <clears throat> Sorry. And Terry and Arnold's the same way. I think either one of those two guys, had they came to Georgia, would probably be close to starting in either one either the safety spot or a star position. Almost day one. I think Terry and Arnold probably would have been a starter for sure. I think James Williams has James Williams has that talent to start wherever. Um, however, those were the you know those are the key misses there in the in the defensive backs. But you have to look at who we did pick up. I think you you know Nylon Green. I think will start day one. I'm just gonna take that make that hot take right there. Uh, Nylon Green will start day one uh, across from Keely Ringo. It's just that's just how I feel about it, and, and that's really the you know what set us up right there. Uh, you know, obviously we did pick up three uh, commits there, but Nylon Green is the you know, and, and look at David Daniel as well. I think you know Nylon Green and David Daniel, um, you know David Daniel being kind of kind of went under the radar just because he had been committed for so long. He was the first commit 
for the 2021 class. So you look at you look at David Daniel and obviously Nyland Green, those two alone will bring them up into the solid B category by themselves. So that's that's where I'm looking at in position grades right there. Um, I think the biggest gets of this class out of all the positions, uh, in my, I'm going to give you a top six here, uh, and I'll go from six down to five, uh, six down to one. I think you look at <clears throat> sorry, you look at number six being T- uh, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. Uh, obviously, I think he's going to make an impact uh, as as soon as year one. Um, I think you know coming in, he's going to be great next year. Obviously, with uh, Jordan Davis and Devontae kind of taking up the two interior spots, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, he gets on the field this year. Obviously, Kirby likes to you know get these guys and switch them in and put them in positions to make plays, get them on the field early. Uh, you look at number five, I think you put Smile Mond in there. Um, has the potential to start or you know make an impact, I would say. Um, obviously, in a position of need. Uh, you know, look at Monty Rice and a couple other guys being gone, I think, after this year, upcoming year. Um, you know, definitely needed to get him, and we got him. Uh, number four, I think you look at Sori, uh, Xavier Sori. Another linebacker, needed to get him, and you got him. Both, you know, Sori and Monitor, like I said, both five stars. Definitely needed to get him. Both got him. I, you could literally put them at, you know, 5A, 5B if you wanted to. I just think that Sori... Uh, you know, it was a little bit more of a bigger get for us at the time, considering the circumstances at, of the program when he committed. Uh, look at number uh, number three. I think you go to Marius Mims, um, top rated, you know, top rated kid, especially off uh, tackle in, you know, in Georgia. Number one player in the state of Georgia. You needed to keep him home. He commits to the G, stays at home. Huge get right there. Uh, number two, I think you look at Brock Vandegrift. Um, Brock Vandegrift, he's got he's not my number two biggest get, just because a he's a quarterback, you know, and we needed another quarterback to set ourselves up. But the impact that he made to set up this class, kind of going back to the beginning here, he got all, he got he set these guys up to, for where they could come in here, doing the you know doing all these unofficial visits on you know all these kids coming in on their own dime. You have an unofficial tour guide really that can you know tell them about Athens show them around the campus you know that was huge that was instrumental in setting up the 2021 class to where it is right now Brock Vandergriff at number two and I think the biggest get for us Nylon Green huge position to need absolute necessity to get Nylon Green Spurning Clemson coming to the Georgia Bulldogs huge huge get um you know, sick, he's very long, uh, fast, great ball skills. Like I said, my take, he starts day one, period. I, I think that's just the way that's going to be. I think he starts. You have Jalen Kimber. You have um, Amir Speed, you know, fighting along Keely with those spots. But I think Nylon Green will get it done and start day one against Clemson. Um, I think, you know, looking at kids that can make – an impact right away in their first year. Obviously, Nylon Green, I just said it. I think he starts day one. He's going to be in a huge position there to make a you know to make an impact. I think he does make an impact. He makes this secondary better. Um, biggest impact player year one there. 
Uh, second, I think you have to look at Terry and Ingram's Dawkins, the notorious TID. Genuinely think that he'll get on the field. He will earn his way onto the field in year one, and you'll start to see what I saw in his tape and why he deserves to be on the field. No, I, I think there's really no question there. If he get if he gets the playbook down, I think there's no question he makes it onto the field. Just a matter of how much, but I expect him to have somewhat of an impact in year one, and I think that impact will be a pretty big one. Also, I think you have all I think you have three linebackers, you know, that can make an impact here. I think you look at Sori, Mondin, and JDJ. Uh, you know, Sori and Mondin, obviously the five stars, I think they get on the field. I, I genuinely do, and I think their impact will be made relatively quickly, I think. Um, and and Jamon Jamon Dumas Johnson, I, I genuinely think if if he gets ready to go, I think he could play as well. And he, like I said, he fits into a scheme. You know, in high school, he played basically a defense that kind of resembles Georgia's. So he has somewhat of a familiarity with how Georgia plays. I would, you know, I, I would expect him to make some sort of statement, less maybe a little bit less than Sori or Mondin, but I still expect those three guys to have at least somewhat of an impact in year one. Um, the biggest question marks in, in this class, um, you look at the number one, I think you have to look at Lavoisier. Uh, and like I said earlier, wh- how do you get him on the field with the running back room being as loaded as it is? You know, you know, do, does he even see the field? You know, is he, is he a year two or year three guy? We, you know, we genuinely don't know right now. Uh, you know, like I said, Kendall Milton, I think we'll get an expanded role. I would love to see Kendall start. I think he's earned it from just his play alone. Obviously, he just has to stay healthy. But as long as as long as Kendall Milton is healthy, I think he's your best running back on, in the room. Uh, you know, and Zeus obviously Zeus uh, looked great as the year went on. He got better. Uh, you know, made an impressive run in the bowl game against Cincinnati. You know, his his vision got better. So you know, like I said, and James Cook in the passing game. James Cook is an elite threat in the passing game, getting him out in space. So with all these guys in there, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Lavoisier can even get on the field. You know, and I, my expectation is he gets on special teams at somehow. I don't, in, in some measure, he gets in through special teams. I don't necessarily see him doing a lot of running unless it's against, you know, our, you know, our cupcake games or just severe blowouts. Uh, the second group, I, I put Meeks and Mitchell. Our receiving class is as loaded as it's ever been at Georgia. That's why there's a question mark. Again, how do you get these guys on the field? How do you get them on the field? I think you see it through special teams. Uh, and Chaz Chambliss. Like I said, the kids, they work a holic. When it comes to the weight room, hard, one of the best work ethics you'll see on the team. How does he get on the field? I think you see him through special teams. Does he fill kind of that uh, Nate McBride role? Possibly, I think. But... Nonetheless, you know, I think he goes through special teams to get on the field. I just don't know if he plays in his position unless it's a complete mop-up. Anyways, moving on. After this short break, we'll talk about the 2021 season in itself and what should we expect at, you know, concerns, uh, positions, and things like that. So after this break, we'll talk about that. Welcome back to the GATA podcast. For the break, we were talking 2021 recruiting class. Now we're moving on to the 2021 season expectations. I've got Caleb Whitaker on the phone with me, and we're going to sit down and talk about the upcoming season 
and what our expectations are for this year. Caleb, how's it going? It's going good, man. Thank you for having me. Not a problem, man. Thanks for coming on. So. And I'm kind of excited to be your first uh, interviewee. So, hey, man, hats off to you. I'm enjoying the podcast. Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyways, so like I said, talking about the 2021 season expectations, man. You know, looking back at the end of last year, you know, I think the, the major pinpoint here is JT Daniels. Full season, obviously barring an injury. I expect him to have a breakout year. What do you think? I agree, man. And also, I think it's going to come with the confidence he has in that knee. You know, he looked like a few deep balls this year. He didn't want to push off and throw it as far as he could. But I think with that confidence coming in, getting that knee back to 100% healthy, I think JT Daniels is going to go absolutely nuts this coming year. Man, I can't agree more. I think, you know, I was a high school quarterback. So, Looking at his mechanics, um, you know, in the four games that he played, especially starting off Mississippi State, you know, obviously that was a huge passing game that we got to see. But just noticing little mechanics uh, changes that I think if he's obviously got more trust in his knee and if he makes the mechanical change, you're going to see these guys, Arian Smith, Jermaine Burton, walking into the end zone instead of having to come back to anything. Uh, and what I'll, and I'll kind of explain that. So if, if you watched him on the deep balls more so than anything, you watch the, you don't really see him. Uh, he uses more arm than he does stepping into the throw. And I think that right there is kind of a testament to how, I guess, how well his knee is and how much trust he has on it. So, you know, I think obviously if he's into this and he's healthy, uh, get the, obviously an off season as well, which I think we'll talk about in just a minute, but, having a full offseason, getting chemistry on these timing routes, things like that. I'm, I'm expecting guys like Aaron Smith to almost walk in the end zone. What do you think? I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah, it really does. Like you said, Aaron Smith, he's got the speed. I mean, his first touchdown – catch against South Carolina he was nobody was even close within the vicinity of him I look for Aaron Smith to be the breakout receiver this year but uh, like you said Burton a lot of people forget about Don Blaylock coming back too really looking forward to Blaylock returning and everybody knows about Pickens man so I really think it's going to be a very explosive offense going into next year absolutely now I think we'll kind of go into my next point here man you know with obviously with some key returns here in the offense so you look at Schaefer on the offensive line, Sawyer. And then you also have, you know, Zeus and and uh, James Cook coming back in the running back room. You know, obviously these guys in the receiving core coming off the injury with Dom and Marcus Roseme, you know, adding on to, you know, Burton and Pickens, Arian Smith and, and Big O, you know, and, and I think Fitzpatrick will do well. And I think Brock Bowers will see some time, as, you know, as well in the tight end room. So to me, I think you look at, you know, you get a full offseason because last year we, you know, Georgia did not have an offseason while implementing a completely new system with Todd Munkin's uh, offense. So having a full offseason with these guys coming back from injury and the key returns, I expect a full expansion of our offense to make it literally the the triple threat. I, I think I think it's the trifecta. All, all three of those coming back, you're looking at a potent, potent run game especially receivers out of the backfield. And also you have your tight ends and receivers, you know, deep, very deep in my opinion. I expect a completely different offense than what we've ever seen 
at Georgia. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the expansion of the offense is going to be amazing. And I really think the key to that, you just brought up a good point, is Zamir White and James Cook. We're still going to run the ball. We're still the University of Georgia. And um, Zamir White had some bright spots, and he also had some pretty bad runs as well. I'm not going to give him full credit, but he still reminded me of that Nick Chubb-esque season that he had in 2016. Nick Chubb come back his senior year, went absolutely off when he got healthy. If Zamir White can come back, look like the old Zamir White that he – because Zamir White had the craziest high school highlight tape I've ever seen. If we get that Zeus back, James Cook, I look forward to have a outstanding season. You get that two-headed monster going, open up the pass game, Georgia's going to be very, very dangerous next year, man. Man, you know, obviously me being from North Carolina, man, when when Zeus committed, you know, it was kind of it was kind of had it had feelings in me like when Todd Gurley committed uh, mm-hmm. being from North Carolina, you know, with with Tarboro, with uh, Gurley and then Laurenberg with uh, Zeus, you know, and, and watching his highlight tape. He was just a freak, even with the ACLs, man, or the ACL injury. Sorry. But, you know, I, I think to the running back situation, I don't think it's a two headed monster at all. I, can, I genuinely think we, we this is a good problem, but it's going to be difficult to see how Kirby and company manages the running back room. Obviously, we've got Zeus coming back and James Cook. I think Zeus is be, you know a full-blown runner with pass protection. I think James Cook is your, running, uh, your receiving back. So you have those two, and you have those two different niches right there. But we can't overlook Kendall Milton whatsoever. Kendall, no, yeah. Kendall Milton has the blocking. He has the running probably the best runner we've got, in my opinion, especially showed flashes in Tennessee, you know, Alabama, uh, busting wild. You know, we can go on when he was healthy. We, we had a highlight after highlight, in my opinion. But then you got Dejon Edwards. And, you know, the South Carolina game was a brilliant example of that. You know, I loved, I loved Dejon's cuts. I, I loved his ability to make those cuts and his vision. So, you know, you add that right there with Lavoisier Carroll coming in. You have a very, very, very deep running back room, and it's going to be interesting to see how you give touches to that many guys. Also, with your receivers, there's so many receivers. It, you you kind of have that luxury to rotate guys in whenever you feel the need to. But I think at the end of the day, I think you still have to keep Pickens out on the field because he just warrants double teams. But that also should, in theory, open up guys over the top like Arian Smith or Burton. I mean, it's, it's 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 the I would look at it as like a plethora of riches, really. <laughs> so yeah, and it's it's crazy that you you just mentioned all those guys because you actually left out a guy that I'm very interested about, which is Kenny McIntosh. I oh, honestly yeah. think Kenny McIntosh may be the best blend of all of them. I don't think he's the best, but I think he's the best blend of all of them, and I think he's got a chance to have a breakout too. But you bring up you bring up Kendall Milton, and this is very very interesting to me as well because. If Zamir White don't go back to the old Zamir White, I think Kendall Milton's going to end up taking his spot, and he's going to be the featured back. I think you have to feature Kendall Milton more than anything, anyway. I mean, he he is the future of our running back. I think he's the next great running back in RBU. Um, so I mean, I get your point, but I, I I genuinely think that you have to give Kendall Milton more touches. There's no question about it. He he's just electric with the ball, like. Watching him this year, in my opinion, I, I saw those runs, the hard runs that you would with Nick Chubb, but he has that breakaway speed 
Now, at the end of the day, you know, he was in, he was running between guys and obviously got ran down. However, you, you could see that like Alabama, when he ran for like the 20 some yard run wide open, obviously the safety made a great play, but you saw the speed there too. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how the, you know, how much of an, a role Kendall Milton gets, uh, obviously with, with Zeus and Cook coming back. But I think you can't, you, you have to give him more touches. And, and that's, like I said, that's where you start to see the question with how are you going to give these guys, you know, touches like that with so with such a deep room, you know? And, and like I said, I think that's a good problem. But, I mean, nonetheless, it is kind of a problem, especially with the pass offense the way it is too. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm like you. But it's, it's going to be just like they, they've, been, they've had this situation before in the running back room with Sony, Nick, and uh, DeAndre Swift, so they're going to figure it out, and it's going to be fresh legs. The fourth quarter, if we we if we have a lead in the fourth quarter, the game's more than likely going to be over because you're just going to be bringing fresh legs after fresh legs after fresh legs, and they're just going to beat you up. So, like you said, it's going to be hard to distribute the touches, but I think they find a way. I think Georgia's running back room's the best in the nation, as it usually is, and I'm I'm ready to see all of them, man. Even Lavasi Carroll, man, we don't even know what he's going to be like. He's going to probably get about. 10, 15, 20 pounds added to him with his speed. It, it's going to be exciting to watch, man. I'm so excited. I, I you know, I couldn't agree more there. I, I know in the, uh, before the break, man, I, I talked about the question marks uh, of the recruiting class for the 2021 cycle, and one of them was Lavoisier. And, and the reason being, you know, how is Kirby going to utilize him and get him on the field, uh, obviously with the running backs ahead of him? And, you know, I, I think you could see some of these guys come in on a special teams role, Lavoisier, like you said, is pretty dang fast. So, yeah, I could see him playing some special teams uh, to get in on the field and get involved. I, I, you know, I, I genuinely think he can make an impact on the field. But um, and Kirby's done it. Kirby has done a great job since he's been here with rotating in backs. Um, you know, and and running the hot hand. You know what I mean? I think that's that's the perk of having a passing game now because years past you have to revert to nothing but your run game with a, a very sloppy pass game. Um, you know, looking no further than, you know, 2018 and 2019 with Fromm, uh, especially 2019, and honestly 2020 with without JT. Um, you know, Stetson got, you know, Stetson got the job done, but, you know, it, it's just not the same with JT there. So, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how, you know, the offense works and get these, like, Lavoisier coming in and, and how they utilized all these running backs. And your point, kind of going back to your point again with, you know, talking about how they manage these running backs. You know, you had talked about Sony, Nick, and uh, Swift. You know, I look back to Gurley, Keith Marshall, Chubb, and Michelle. Yeah. You know, and, and all those guys, you know, when Nick and Sony were freshmen, they still had their own niches worked out for them. You know, I look at, I look at the Clemson game when Nick, uh, Nick broke out for his first touchdown pivotal run in his career at Georgia. Uh, and it was the first of many of that, you know what I mean? Yep. So you know, Kirby and, and really Mark Rick when he was there too, you know, knew how to utilize the plethora of running backs. And, and I think that's why we're called RBU. Definitely, man. We've had some big names. They're, they're going to figure it out. I'm, like you said, they're going to distribute it well. I mean, when you, when you look back in that 17 17- season obviously sony ran for a thousand nick ran for a thousand deandre swift wasn't far behind him he had about 700 rushing yards so everybody's gonna get touches man and like you said they're gonna run the hot hand and i'm 
I'm just ready to see how that's going to go along with dishing the ball to these receivers, man. I, I really think we have a dynamic offense. JT Daniels, really suave, cool, common collective. The Cali kid, man, they say, you know, he, he, he seems like he's a little weird, but they love him in the locker room, and I, I really can't wait, dude. I think if Georgia's going to make a run anytime soon, this is it's, it's now or never right now, honestly. You know, I, I think so. And obviously Kirby's got us into a situation where we're knocking on the door. Um, obviously, Georgia fans, we're not going to be happy until we win a national title. And honestly, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, but this year, I think when you look at the offense, the 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 parity in a good way, right, it's balanced. And I think you have a potent, off, uh, potent run game. You have a potent receiving game. So all of that right there. And, and you know, obviously we'll talk about special teams, you know, just real quick. You know, our, our return game. You know, a lot of people kind of overlook special teams, but, you know, from a sense of special teams, it was a great year. You know, Kamarda did, you know, shank some punts, whatever. But for the most part, when it came to returns, especially kick returns, when we were able to, it was amazing to see Kier's, you know, run back as, you know, the, as well as he did. Yeah, I agree. But I ain't going to lie to you. I want to see Smith back there. <laughs> no, Aries, I don't even – I would I would love to see that too. I, but, I mean, we'll see what happens. And, you know, I, I think for a first year, you know, Coach Cochran did a great job at special teams. Definitely, ma'am. I mean, we have one of the best special teams units in America. Like you said, Camarda, he, he was either really, really good and he had some bad games, but Camarda was one of the best punters in the nation. And then you – bring Pod Lesney in, and he's just booming 54-yard game winners. Georgia's going to be set in special teams for a good while, and that that's very um, that's a very good thing because uh, special teams is just as important as anything else. Absolutely. Now, so I want to transition over to the defensive side of the ball. You know, we just obviously talked about offense and, and all that returning. But on defense, you know, the glaring hole is the secondary. <clears throat> yeah. Secondary, so you know I think our defense will get better with the guys that are coming back. You know, with Monty Rice and Adam Anderson and stuff. You know, and and uh, whoever you want to call. You know what I mean? But obviously, the biggest names that are returning is Jordan Davis. You know, and literally, and you know, literally the biggest guy returning is Jordan Davis. But what a lot of people, I'm, I think we're fortunate to have him and Devonte come back. Um, because last year, you know, when Jordan Davis left the field and when he was hurt for those games, our defensive line was a completely different unit. So you look at his ability to eat up blocks, you know, and he's mentioned it before. That's the way he looks at his performances. If he if linebackers are shooting through, he's doing his job. And obviously, you know, him his decision to run it back one more year, I genuinely think the uh, you know his return with Wyatt and obviously the emergence of Jalen Carter, uh, I think Carter will get back. I, I expect Trayvon Walker to play a lot as well. Um, and, and you know, and yes, we lost Aziz and yes, we lost Jermaine. And and those were two. Aziz was, in my opinion, he has the NFL caliber pass rush, um, and, and it you're, it's going to be hard to ref, you know to cut, rec, overcome that. I should say sorry. And, and obviously, Jermaine, you know, he left to go to Florida State. But I do think that Nolan Smith and Adam Anderson could be just as potent in the pass rush 
and you know, I, I think we'll be set along the defensive line. Um, but I still think the question mark obviously is, you know, our secondary losses. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that, you know, Jordan Davis and, you know, the emergence of Nolan and um, <clears throat> Adam Anderson will help this secondary, you know, grow through the growing pains that I'm expecting them to have. You know, I, I think, like I said, the defensive line will help the secondary, but I think the secondary has got to be ready. Uh, Coach Day uh, has to get these guys ready because we've got a huge game September 4th against Clemson. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to make a point that I've been telling a lot of Georgia fans over and over again. You made a great point. The defensive line is going to be nasty. So they're going to have to get the ball out. There's not going to be much time to dissect the secondary anyway. But although Georgia is going to be thin in the defensive backfield, they're very talented. And a lot of people don't realize this, but they're going to go through if – we, if we get a regular spring, hopefully, they're going to have to guard this Georgia receiving core day in and day out, which is going to make them better off the rip. So I really think, although they are going to be thin, they're going to be very talented – you got to look at Keely Ringo coming in. They're talking really highly on Jalen Kimmer or Kimber, I meant, my bad. And uh, Breeny, Breeny looked good the few times he played as well, man. He was around the ball. So I, that, that's a few names to throw out there. But I, I really think over the offseason is where Georgia's defensive backs have to mature. I think they're going to mature because if not, they're going to get shackled by our offense. And, you know, in practice, there's a lot of trash talk going on, man. The defense don't want to lose to the offense. Offense don't want to lose to the defense. So I look for the defense to uh, – the defensive backs, hopefully, to uh, get that um, big-time demeanor about them in the offseason. So we'll see. No, I, I think you're right there. I think, you know, when it comes to secondary, I, I genuinely think confidence is key there. Uh, so having an offseason to – you know, in, in terms, iron sharpens iron, right? Yep. So you have a great, you know, great receiving core that we have. I think it'll genuinely test our secondary every day at practice, and that should only make them better. But they have, you know, Coach Day's got a task on his hands to get these guys ready. Like I said, if we don't have a cupcake game to start the season. But, uh, you know, looking at the secondary for me, I think it's obvious that Keeler Ringo is going to start. Uh, coming off what little practices he was doing, you know, at the end of the season when his uh, shoulder was better or for the most part getting better still, you know, you, I heard Raven reviews about him. And honestly, you know, I'm sure you were aware of the, uh, the picture that came out, the viral picture about him running faster than uh, Arian Smith oh, yeah. uh, practices. So, you know, you look at his speed, but he's also pretty lengthy too. So, you know, you kind of need that, but I think a lot of it is, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be that lockdown corner, um, and then on the other side of the ball, you know, I've made a. I've made a take earlier in the in the show that Nylon Green is gonna start beside um, Keely Ringo on day one against Clemson, and the reason is being is this: you take a kid with great ball skills that's six three and and genuinely fast, and I think that's a combination. And and I'm also watching. He can lay some lumber. So the kid will tackle, he will hit, he'll come up. And, you know, and I think he'll be the secondary, uh, I wouldn't say the leader, but he'll def. I think he has a good chance to be a starter there. However, you also look at, you know, Jalen Kimber, which is obviously another um, cornerback that, you know, Kirby and defensive guys are talking highly about as well. Can't overlook a mere speed either. Um, I think our secondary position is set. I think you've got, you know, Lewis Seen. I think Seen turns into – 
the Richard LeCount type in a sense of that defensive leader that you need on the field. Um, so you've got him, and I think Chris Smith did a great job uh, at the at the other safety spot as well. Uh, the, I think the biggest concern with me is who plays the star. Uh, in the star position, you know, it's kind of that hybrid spot where you need a guy that can cover all facets of the field, whether it be a tight end or the slot guy. But also you need a guy to come in and, and set the edge and run and, and be, you know, physical in the run game. And I think you look at Brenny, like you said earlier, uh, when when you when I watched the Cincinnati game, Brini stood out in a great way to me um, when he when the when the Bearcats were throwing the wide receiver screens. Now, he got a couple of them and he broke, you know, his, his physicality at the line, uh, pushed the receiver around and was able to make the tackle on both for tackle for losses. And, and I think that's going to transition well for the uh, for the star spot. But, you know, in my opinion, I think that's another question mark that I want to see who comes in and, and takes that star spot that Tyreek took uh, that left. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think Breeny's got a good chance to be that guy. He he kind of reminds me of a quicker version of Tyreek Stevenson. He's big, he's physical, but he can cover. I, I hate that we lost Tyreek Stevenson. Tyreek Stevenson was one of my favorite players on the defense, but I think Breeny can come in and play just as well if not better, because if you watch Tyreek Stevenson, man, not only was he not the fastest guy, he was kind of stiff. That's that's really the red flag I saw with Tyreek Stevenson, and I think that's a lot of reason why he left, because I don't, I think he realized he wasn't going to take over one of those cornerback spots. But I think Brini's got a chance to be even better than Stevenson was, and I I, I think Brini's going to be the star. I think you're I think you got a good point there. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I, I'm glad that you know Tyreek contributed in the way that he did. Uh, I mean, it was a it was a blow to us with him going to his hometown, going back to Miami, uh, because like he was fast, like he, he genuinely had that four 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 three speed, if I'm not mistaken, and it showed. But like you said, uh, you know, Kirby knows what he wants with his corners, and you know, yet while we did lose so much, you know, I, I think that a like I said, a day's got his hands full. Um, but having a full offseason is going to be key for this, for these guys. Uh, and obviously, I think the main thing that's going to help these guys out is a pass rush because if we can pressure the quarterback and stay in the backfield, these guys won't have to have so much of a burden placed on them immediately. More so for – I'm worried about Clemson game. After that, you you know, you get UAB and South Carolina, and which we're about to go into here. You know, after Clemson, I think you look at – a you look at Georgia having a very, very, very manageable schedule. If we beat Clemson, I think we run the table and we make it to Atlanta. And I honestly think there's a good chance that we make it to the playoffs. Oh, of course. If we go 12-0, and 0, no matter what happens in the SEC title we're in. And what, what I'm really excited about is this year the SEC championship falls on my birthday. So what would be a better uh, celebration than my birthday plus a SEC championship, but uh, you look at the schedule, and what stands out to me is your toughest road game is at Auburn, and we own Auburn. I don't think Auburn beats us this year. I think either way, we run the table after the Clemson game. No matter how the Clemson game turns out, we run the table after that. At worst, we go 11-1, and one. but I, I do think we got a chance to Clemson as well. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I, I definitely – want to make one thing first with our schedule, you know, after obviously Clemson is our toughest game in the regular season, but 
never underestimate any team that we play. We saw it with South Carolina a couple years ago. And, you know, I, I think, you know, that should, and <clears throat> sorry, it should have set a tone for some of these guys that are still around after that game, you know, to, to never overlook it. But I do think that, you know, it's weird how the SEC has changed in just one year. And it's, you know, it's, it's baffling how much of a change that we saw in the East and really the, you know, Auburn and the West, you know, we're looking at Tennessee with a new head coach and a coaching staff, uh, South Carolina, the same way, um, Auburn new staff as well. So, you know, and obviously Vanderbilt, I, I, if they even have a football program by then, you know, who knows, they may cancel out on us again and I'll be pissed off because their game is two days after my birthday. So, so we'll see what happens there, but you know, just in, in Florida, Florida's got the same coaching staff except for their couple, um, the, the the secondary coaches. But as long as Grantham's there, I'm not worried about Florida's defense, in my opinion. I think you have to worry about Kyer Alam. Um, and after that, you know, that's about it. But if we're going off of what we saw this year, their defense was Swiss cheese at best, in my opinion. Um, and that, And that's supposed to be our biggest threat. So, you know, looking at looking at our schedule, I think, you, you know, obviously the cupcake games, we're expecting to win by blowouts. And I think that will happen. Um, you know, you have Clemson, which everybody knows that's a push right now. But in the East, you know, in my opinion, I don't necessarily know if there's a true threat. Um, you have to look at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's got a good team. They're very stout defensively. Um, they're typically we control their offense, but they always play us tough. Um, and, you know, I, I look at Missouri. I'm curious to see what happens with Eli, uh, Coach Eli Drinkwitz over there. Uh, you know, obviously we blew him out last year. But, you know, I, I think he's got that team on the upcoming. Um, I think he's got a team on the rise there that you might have to really start to watch out for. Uh, and, and honestly, South Carolina and um, – <clears throat> sorry, South Carolina and Tennessee, I, I genuinely think they're down toward the bottom with – with Vanderbilt, uh, it, it's it's going to be rough times on Rocky Top, and honestly, I I, just, I see the kind of not necessarily the same way uh, with Shane Beamer, but it's going to be tough to get him to uh, you know get out of the hump where they are right now, in the situation they're in. Yeah, I agree, and I think you've made a great point with Missouri. That Missouri game always catches my attention because you just never. No, Missouri's always been known for that high-powered offense, spread you out, usually have a strong-arm quarterback. I'm really interested in the Missouri game, and it wouldn't really and truly would not surprise me if Missouri ends up the second-best team in the East, honestly. I mean, that is very possible. With It's just, like I said, it's so weird to see how the, the scape of the SEC, the landscape of the SEC East it can change so much in one year. <laughs> but um, anyways – um, I know, Caleb, you, um, you you stream video games on uh, Facebook. You want to talk more about that? Yeah, um, Let people follow I you? do, uh, obviously. Um, I stream NCAA and Madden, and then um, when the baseball game drops, I'll stream that as well. But right now I'm streaming NCAA 14, college football revamp. My page name is KTG13 Spacebar TV. Um, it's been growing pretty well. That's how me and – that's how you and I – came to uh together so that's cool but uh basically we just have a good time it's uh it's a very chill relaxed environment i I like to get in there not really talk about anything too seriously because 
I stream and everybody joins the stream to escape reality. Just have a good time. Very trap, very bunch of trash talking there. It's just, it's just a fun getaway, man. So if y'all are interested in the video game scene, y'all come by, give me a follow on KTG 13 TV and you can ask Robert, man, we have a great time. If you're a dog fan, I suggest you looking up this, uh, looking up his page, giving him a like, giving him a follow. Um, hell I sit there, hang out and, uh, we'll, you know, we cut the we shoot the breeze for a while, and obviously watch some college football uh, at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah, man, it's a good time. And and if like he said, if you're a dog fan, we cook Florida, we cook Auburn, Tennessee every day. There's there's trash talking there every day. So if you like to hear people make fun of Auburn and Florida, that that channel's the place for you for sure. Absolutely, man. Well, hey Caleb, thanks for your time, man. I know. Um, you're pretty busy. I know you're going to be streaming later tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, correct? 9 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to uh, jump on there again. Uh, we're running a North Texas dynasty right now. We just beat Florida State in my head coaching debut. So if y'all want to see the Mean Green, they got really cool jerseys. So uh, it's, it's something to check out for sure. There you have it, folks. Caleb, again, man, thanks for your time. And um, it was good talking with you, man. Look forward to doing yeah, it again. Yeah, definitely, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be the first person to uh, be on here with you. So I'm very excited about that, man. My pleasure, man. Again, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day to talk some uh, dog football, man. Anytime, man. You know, I love it, man. Thank you for having me so much. Not a problem. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick break real fast, and then we're going to get back on to the 2022 class. Some, imp uh, some impact commitments over this recent uh, week and a half, two weeks. Uh, Bear Alexander being the most recent, and then Gunnar Stockton. We're going to talk about those two guys and the impact that they're going to have in the recruitment uh, of several guys in the 2022 class and what that means for Georgia football moving forward. But after this break, we'll get. Welcome back, everybody. Before the break, we were talking with Caleb about the 2021 season and our expectations for the team. Now let's move on to the 2022 cycle. Uh, obviously, a couple recent commits, uh, one being a monster of a man, uh, Bear Alexander, and previously to that, uh, five-star quarterback, Gunnar Stockton. Uh, in my opinion, two huge commitments, period. Uh, and all, you know, they both have their own different impact. Uh, starting off with Bear, uh, obviously the most recent commit. Uh, Rivals lists him as a five-star, 24-7 uh, composite as a four-star. I expect him uh, to be one of the top guys in the class, uh, along the, especially in the, along the D-line. Uh, just from a kid from Texas, monster of a human being. I want to say 6'3", 325, and if you watch his tape, it is insane. Uh, I watched it and I was literally blown away. Um, he, he's just that strong. Uh, there were some videos going around um, showing him against uh, James Brockermeyer, the Alabama uh, commit for this class, the center commit. And that, those videos, now obviously it's just a, sh a small sample size. However, it was an important sample size for me because he just blew him off the ball. So, you know, obviously I think you have to watch out for Texas A&M here. Um, 
But so far, obviously, he's committed to the G. And I'm, I'm expecting Kirby to go full press to keep this commitment here and keep it solid. Because if so, he will come in and I think he can make an impact almost immediately. Um, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to replace Jordan Davis uh, because I don't think anybody can replace Jordan Davis. But there is a possibility that you could look at him kind of seeing a similar role, uh, just a little bit more pass rushing uh, rather than, you know, what Jordan Davis does. He likes to eat, uh, eat up blocks. Um, I could see Bear doing the same thing, but I expect him to kind of rush the passer a little bit more. Um, you know, just my observation of him, I, I look at, uh, you know, his moves. He, like I said, he, for one, he's strong as an ox. There's no question about it. Um, but, you know, I expect his bull rush to be effective in the college level. Uh, I, I just see that on film. Uh, I, I think he also has a little bit of, um, you know, some finesse moves as well. Uh, obviously, you know, anybody across the D-line needs to have that repertoire of moves. So, you know, obviously I think you come in with Trey Scott and, you know, Trey Scott will develop him even better. And I expect him to be uh, an, a huge impact. Uh, for the Georgia roster, uh, once he makes it onto campus, barring you know, barring that he stays committed and signs and enrolls and everything like that, um, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see. I know you've already got Tyree West as well, uh, Darius Smith uh, committed in the 2022 class on the defensive line, um, and which I'll get to this a little bit later. Um, but obviously, I look at our defensive line, and we're just you know, right now. Uh, as early as it is, just loading up uh, along the D-line. Um, moving on to Gunnar Stockton. Obviously, I don't think you can get as a big of a commitment than Gunnar Stockton. Uh, previous South Carolina commit. Uh, obviously, South Carolina goes through their issues. Uh, comes in, you know, decommits based off of the insecurity there. Typically has a, uh, a good, good uh, relationship with Mike Bobo. So, he goes to Auburn. Uh, so then, you know, kind of goes into an Auburn-Georgia battle, and Gunner decides to pull the uh, pull the plug on his commitment and commit to Georgia. Uh, obviously, I think so far the biggest commit uh, in regards of an impact um, in the 2022 class. I think uh, quarterbacks generally are going to be your biggest impact regardless, uh, especially a, a five-star at that. Uh, elite quarterbacks are always going to bring attention uh, to that that specific recruiting class, and I don't expect that to disappoint. I think you look at a couple of guys, even within state, um, you know, based off of his commitment that I don't know if necessarily turn into, you know, guaranteed locks, but I, I, guarantee, I can almost assure you that their attention is definitely at Georgia, and there's, a, I would say, a better chance by all means that they could commit. And a couple of those guys you look at, uh, Oscar Delp, the tight end, uh, Kojo Antwi, you know, just a couple of those guys, just a couple examples there. Uh, but, you know, I think you see some of the best players in Georgia and across the country uh, took notice of his commitment to Georgia. No questions asked. Um, so obviously, you know, what, what happens after this, you know, we'll see. But I expect a lot of elite talent to, you know, look at, uh, take a hard look at Georgia uh, moving forward. Moving on to the current state of the 2022 class, um, <clears throat> outside of these two that I just previously talked about, um, you know, our secondary, uh, you know, we talked about the 2021 class, 
Uh, and, you know, obviously the misses with Terry and Arnold. But so far for the 2022 class, you're looking at a very impressive, uh, you know, a couple guys that are committed right now. Uh, five-star Smoke Bowie and Marcus Groves Killebrew. Both of those guys um, seem to be the next level. I think they're ready for the next level. Um, no, I don't think there's really a question there. Um, you know, but they're, but they're going to help fill holes in the secondary, obviously, moving forward. Um, and, and honestly, I think we probably would look at, you know, maybe another uh, sec, you know, another one or two spots in the secondary uh, in this 2022 class. Uh, so obviously the two right now, Smoke and Gross Killebrew, um, like I said, I think they'll do great in regards to the secondary. I think Smoke will be a great addition into the cornerbacks and, and maybe Gross Killebrew as well. Uh, but only time will tell uh, what positions they come at once the secondary. Uh, and, and like I was saying earlier, uh, along the defensive line, uh, obviously with Bear Alexander, you know, you already have Tyree West uh, and Darius Smith. And really those guys, the depth that you're creating there, uh, especially with the elite talent with Tyree and Bear. Uh, Darius is, I think Darius will be a great uh, player at Georgia as well. But you're going to be replacing, you know, the, the spots that Davis and Devontae uh, Wyatt left once they leave after this year. Uh, obviously, we were kind of fortunate, in my opinion, to have them back. Um, so, obviously, trying to replace those two guys. You, you already have Jalen Carter, Trayvon Walker. You know, the list goes on. But, um, anyways, I think you're looking at filling the D-line, uh, stacking that depth up, uh, especially after Davis and Wyatt leave. Uh, and then looking at, you know, the linebacker spots. You have C.J. Washington and Donovan Westmoreland. Um, you know, both of those guys, I could expect to fill in potential exits uh, from, you know, Nakobe, uh, Quay, Monty Rice. You know, these guys are going to be gone here in the next year, if not this uh, after this year. So getting CJ and Donovan uh, right now and keeping them are, are going to be pretty big, uh, big deals. Uh, keeping these guys in because we're going to need linebacker help. And I expect us to kind of go heavy on the D, uh, in the linebacker position as well. Uh, overall, though, I think, you know, looking at the 2022 class, I would expect to kind of go heavy on receivers, uh, just on a sense that, you know, you look at Pickens will more than likely be gone after this year. Uh, you also have, you know, there's going to be several guys. You can look at Pickens, Kiaris, uh, D-Rob will be gone. You know, that's just three. Um, you know, I think you'll still have, obviously, you'll still have your current fresh or the freshman from last year. So you got Burton, uh, Marcus Rose, me. Arian Smith, you know, but you'll still have a bunch of guys gone. So, obviously, I think you look at it uh, loading up on the 2022 class in the receiver spots. Um, I would expect to maybe take at least, I would say three, uh, maybe four. I, I'd go heavy on the receivers. Um, yeah, obviously, we, we got a Donnie Mitchell and Jackson Meeks in the 2021 class. Uh, really, in my eyes, I think that's just more of a, a depth, but... With the mass exodus you could see after this year, definitely think that the 2022 class is going to go heavy on the receivers. That's all for today, though, folks. Um, stay tuned for the next episode of this uh, the GATA podcast. I'm Robert Reynolds, and I hope you have a good day.